Hello F1 fans and welcome to F1 on and off the track with Kim Ilman. You can see his photos at ProStarPicks.com or read his latest F1 blog at KimIlman.com. My name is Adrian and we start this episode this week with some sad news about the passing of Nicky Lauda. He was a great man and uh, look, I only photographed him for probably a year and a half, but I remember vividly a day in Canada going back to 2017, it was race day and I was walking past the um, Mercedes hospitality tent and I saw him standing at the back and I had a long lens so I, I moved back a few metres to get a nice clear shot and uh, he happened to look at me right down the barrel of the lens and I took this most beautiful shot with the background is perfectly clean and uh, I'm sitting here looking at it now and I've just put up an Instagram post regarding uh, Nikki's passing and it's a haunting photo. He had these eyes that looked uh, straight through the camera. I always remember him wearing that red Novomatic hat. And he loved wearing jumpers. Would always have a jumper on, even on a warm day. I'd think, boy, oh boy, you must be sweating in that, Nicky. But uh, a great man in the Mercedes camp. And I imagine this weekend there'll be plenty of armbands throughout Mercedes. And I wouldn't be surprised if everyone in the F1 wore them. Such was his uh, standing well, Let's talk about your time in Spain, moving to Monaco. Were there any stories from the day two of testing in Spain? Yes. Uh, I got this lovely photo. And this, this was a great moment. Because there are so few photographers in testing, you get the drivers pretty much to yourself. I got there early in the morning, an hour earlier than I needed to because I misjudged the starting time. So I managed to uh, have plenty of time to prep and I, I knew Kimmy was in an engineering meeting upstairs in his um, motorhome. So I hung around down the bottom of that for about 20 minutes and I expected to see him come out in his uh, Alpha shirt and be ready for him and he was going to walk down the stairs in front of this beautiful Alfa Romeo logo that was painted on the, the, uh, the side of this hospitality suite, this uh, engineering room. And... Um, he floored me because he came out dressed in all black, black T-shirt, black jeans, and uh, he doesn't muck around, so you get barely a, a fraction of a second to realise, hey, it's him, so it took me a little longer than normal to get the camera up, and I'd already planned some settings and took a couple of lovely shots of him coming down the stairs. Uh, then I waited for him over at the hospitality suite to change into his race suit and race back, which he did, and I got him running out of the um, hospitality suite and down the stairs. Once again... No photographer around, just me, and uh, lovely moments to have with drivers. The rest of the day was pretty quiet. I, um, because it's testing, we're allowed a car mm. pass that allows us to drive around inside and outside of the track. And it's one of the most marvellous things because as a photographer, we have to cart around a fair amount of stuff. It's heavy. It's uh, cumbersome. And for us to be able to put all that gear in the back of a car, drive around to one spot, spend an hour there, half an hour there, get back in the car and drive to another spot and not have to worry about that kit is a real plus. So um, that allowed me to cover a lot more positions than I would normally cover in uh, testing. In fact, I nearly stepped on a rabbit. Uh, that was bizarre. Uh, this rabbit was just sunning itself up the top of one of the hills, no one around, and I thought it would take off, but it didn't take off. So I took a couple of nice shots of that and snuck that into one of my Instagram posts. But uh, the, real, the real thing for me was at lunchtime when Charles Leclerc was once again in an engineering meeting and I waited 36 minutes for him. Once again, with, with this game, mm. there's a lot of waiting. And because I was the only person there, there were no autograph hunters, nobody else in the paddock, me, 
Charles comes out of this uh, particular engineering meeting, he walks towards me, and I take a couple of lovely shots of him walking towards me with the, the look straight down the barrel, and then he holds <laughs> up his knife and fork, which absolutely blew me away. And as he walked past, I laughed and had a quick chat with him as he continued walking, but it was a funny photo. Uh, one the likes of I've never seen before. Why was he holding this knife and fork up? So I've got that printed for this race, and I'm taking it to Monaco, and I'll ask uh, Charles to sign that for me, and that'll go on my office wall. In so, how Perth. was the trip from Spain to Monaco itself? Oh, it's a beautiful part of the world. Uh, I ended up in Cadiz, which is a town in Spain, on the border. Oh, no, sorry, on the water, more like it. And it's one of those lovely steeped hills with lots of houses, all the same colour and the same roofs. Just a really beautiful part of the world to spend some time in. It was the uh, the town that Salvador Dali spent a lot of his uh, life. And we had a look through his uh, home there. And then we went to, where are we now? On the on the beach in Saint-Tropez, just uh, waiting to go to Monaco today. My eldest son, Tyler, comes and shoots with me for this race. And we pick him up in Nice. And then we go to Monaco for six days. Of course, uh, kinks, kicks off there tomorrow for Wednesday and Thursday. And we have Friday off then Saturday and Sunday. Now, I was told that Fridays was never a race day for F1 because of some religious reason, maybe church, I can't quite remember, but it has always held firm that you do not race, or well, the F1 cars certainly aren't on the track on Friday, although I believe the F2s and the 3s and other categories will be using it on that day, but for us, for F1 photographers... Is it a day off for the drivers for too? Yes, uh, I don't think they do... Uh, any stuff around the track. I do know that on Friday night, I'm pretty sure it's the um, Amber Lounge Fashion Parade where mainly the younger drivers go along and they um, they do the catwalk stuff with a lot of the F1 um, commentators, women and then models. I photographed that last the year before last. It's an elegant affair. In fact, Pamela Anderson was there a year and a half ago or two years ago when I mm. photographed that. And, uh, yeah, she looked pretty spectacular. Yeah, there do seem to be a lot of celebrities that come out. Oh, it's it's just chock-a-block. Hugh Grant last year, I missed him, unfortunately. Um, who knows who's going to be there this year? Lewis Hamilton will no doubt drag a couple along because he is such a big name and has such a, uh, an amazing mm. friend list. But Daniel Ricciardo, too, also has a, a number of high-profile fans who would perhaps take up that offer of coming along as a guest of Renault. So you never quite know until you get there. And uh, like last race with um, the soccer players or footballers, as the Europeans call them, um, Neymar and Alves, we were only told, and, it, and really was, wasn't told officially, it was only a grapevine stuff from contacts that, hey, these guys are coming at noon and they end up getting in there about 12.30. But uh, you don't often get a heads up on who's coming as guests of which teams. But when you find out, it pays to be around them because there's a, mm. there's a fair scrum and it's exciting, and especially if it's people like David Beckham back in Bahrain. And that was a so what is Monaco like in general and what are the accommodation options around the area? Well, the country is small. The principality is small. It's, uh, it's only a few k's long and a couple wide. And accommodation is at a premium. As you can imagine, everything's built up in Monaco, but there's still not enough to go around. And uh, hence, prices skyrocket to crazy levels, um, five and ten times normal prices there. But um, 
I like staying there. I've I've stayed there the last three times, and uh, I think you want to be involved in that buzz. If you stay at Nice, which is a lot cheaper, you've got to train in each day. And though it's not a a huge journey, you just don't get the buzz in Nice that you get in Monaco. And the the beauty of the track is that we can walk from one end to the other in, in not that long a time. I think it's probably only about 20 minutes from one end to the other. And uh, it's it's easy to get around. Certainly, the the shots you get down on the water are amazing. And if you, if you actually walk out of the track and go up on the hill, it's it's quite lovely. You get amongst a huge crowd. And I I do hope that Billy Hill is there this year. This is a fellow that wears a metal um, helmet, a, a pith helmet sort of thing, and he has a megaphone and he talks to the drivers, which would be about two hundred and fifty meters from where he is outside the track, but still he can see the track from where he is up on this hill to where the drivers walk across the bridge to the uh, paddock. And he's the funniest guy with his banter. And it's a real thrill. And the crowd get off on it when the drivers acknowledge him by waving back, as Kimmy did um, a couple of years ago. And I got a beautiful shot of him walking into that bridge with a black background, Kimmy's red race suit. And he doesn't even look around at Billy. He just holds his hand up to acknowledge him. (laughs) And the crowd went crazy for that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a great race. It's a great place to be at that time of year. Although if you're expecting any bargains, food and drink-wise at restaurants, you'll be sadly disappointed because, boy, do they know how to jack up their prices for this weekend. F1 On and Off the Track is presented by ProStarPix.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. Head to ProStarPix.com at the end of this podcast. Well, let's talk about the track itself. Where's it located here and what's it like? It's around the water. Um, it's very tight. As I was watching that Netflix show on F1 again yesterday, the comment was made that if you park your car in the middle of the road and drive in the middle of the road, no one can pass you. So that's that's the real challenge for passing on this particular track. Although Max Verstappen didn't have any trouble um, when he started from uh, last, last year after he mucked up qualifying. But, of course, his car was so much more powerful than um, some of the back markers, so he managed to get past them. Who will um, who will win this race? Gee, I'd like to think it's not a Mercedes. I think they've had their fair share of wins this year, uh, and it'd be nice to see somebody else up on that, on that top step. And I think Max is probably a very good chance. He won't want to do what he did last year. Maybe Charles Leclerc? Who knows? He, he could be in for a, a chance. I think certainly the um, Mercedes aren't as well suited to this track. They're better suited to uh, power tracks. They can put their foot down over you know, a two-kilometre straight like they do get in Baku. But you know, look, it's anyone's guess. And Saturday probably is the real race day. That's when they determine track position for the, for the race. And if you start in first and you get away well, there's nothing to say you won't end up first. I believe this is the only track that has a tunnel, right? So what's it like shooting with that? Oh, it's beautiful when they come out of it. In fact, when you're inside the tunnel, it's frighteningly loud because that sound's bouncing around. And the ear- earplugs, for me, are a real must for this race. Now, when you go back a few years ago, the cars were much louder and you had to have earplugs when you shot down right next to the track. But I rarely find that they're necessary, except in that tunnel. It is deafening. But the shot for me is when they come out of the tunnel... If you go down the road a little bit, the road track, it is a road, I guess, um, and you're about 100 metres from that tunnel and you shoot them coming at you, you get this perfectly black background with a little bit of um, tweaking in Lightroom. It's like they're coming out of um, a closet and it's a really beautiful shot. 
and there's still movement on the tyres, so you can tell the car isn't stationary. Uh, a little bit tricky because there's only a, a couple of photographic holes and guys will queue up for two hours to get that particular spot. So if you don't get that photographic hole, you have to shoot through the wire, which is possible. It's just not quite as easy. Um, but the trick with shooting through the wire that some of the guys use, depending on where the sun is, is they take a black texture along a marker pen and they colour the, uh, the wire black because it provides a better shot. Although it, it's hard to believe, and if, I never believed it as a photographer until I got along and tried it, that you can shoot through this wide wire using a long lens, and the camera doesn't see it. As okay. long as you shoot at a low f-stop, f4, f5.6, etc., you don't actually see in your shot that wire. So that's what I'm looking for here. I might even park my son down at that particular photo hole and get him to mind that while I'm doing some editing between sessions back in the uh, media centre, which I'll go on to now, which is not terribly flash. In fact, it's upstairs in a uh, Port Authority building. It's a bit of a rabbit warren. Mm. Um, old school-style desks, 1960s, 70s school-style desks, and uh, no view of the track, so you have really no idea except for a couple of screens around the, the uh, media centre as to what's going on. Food-wise, yeah, we get some ham and cheese croissants and rolls for lunch, which are always welcomed, but it's certainly nothing like the lunch we'll get at, uh, say, Austria, which has um, Red Bull catering for us, and it's fantastic. How does the paddock and pit area compare here? Yeah, it's, it's all over the shop. It's not a nice long area. It's because we're on the side of the water. It uh, wends its way around this wharf. We have motorhomes. I don't know how they get those things in there because there's not that much room for manoeuvring. Uh, so you really can't stand at one end and look at the other. And, and in some paddocks, you can see that 100 metres away, there's Kimi Räikkönen walking across. This you can't. Uh, it's very pokey. Uh, although, having said that, Red Bull have the most marvellous hospitality suite, which they, uh, they build in Italy, and then they float it up on the water and they park it on the water on one of these uh, finger jetties. Wow. It's called the Red Bull Energy Station, and it's unbelievable. It's huge. They put everything else to uh, shame in terms of size. And if you get an invite into the party there on Saturday night, you know you're doing well. I went along, I think, last year as a guest of someone and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. That sounds quite incredible. It is. It is something special to see the engineering involved in it because already this year Red Bull have a new energy station for, for European tracks where they're situated on land. But this one is, is two stories. It's got a swimming pool up the top. It's got a monstrous video screen and should a Red Bull driver win. And uh, as we discussed, there's probably a chance that Max and uh, lesser chance Pierre could end up on that top step. It's tradition that he then ends up going in the swimming pool after uh, Park Ferme podium and um, the press conference and gets thoroughly wet. And then most of his mates jump in there as well. So that is a real throng of photography up there when one of those Red Bull drivers wins. Well, talking about winners, last year, Daniel Ricciardo actually won this GP. What was he like in Park Ferme and after the race? Yeah, I was in Park Ferme, shot him pretty much head on and he stood up on that uh, halo of his car and he just had his left or right hand on his chest and uh, it was quite a scene um, because of course the team had mucked up his potential win in 2016 this was his redemption uh, but last year he was so thrilled and, and uh, luckily my son who was shooting with me was up to get a shot of him and his parents having a hug 
I stupidly decided to stay down and edit after that, and I really kicked myself for not going up and enjoying that marvellous feeling of uh, an Australian winning the race. But, yeah, it's pretty proud. I feel pretty proud when I've seen him on the podium with a win because um, they play the national anthem and um, you get to sing along with that. And, and there aren't too many Australians who go along to a Grand Prix and get to stand underneath the podium when they play that national anthem. He um, he would have partied long and hard after that. And, and fair enough too, because uh, it was a long time coming. Continuing talking about last year, uh, your blog brought up a story of a disagreement between a cameraman and a security guard. Can you break this down for us? Yeah, in fact, I ran a post on that this week on Instagram. I was standing up on a barrier taking photos of the drivers arriving for the um, driver's parade. And one of the Sky Italia cameramen decided he wanted to push in between the security guards to get a shot. So he um, just put a little bit of pressure and this guy pushed back and he pushed a little bit harder. And then there's a bit of shouting. And then uh, the security guard was standing with his back to the cameraman and the cameraman was trying to get a better angle. So the security guard just pushed his head back so hard, smashed it against the, um, the cover of the camera and well, it was on. There was pushing and shouting and carrying on. And in the end, I think a, a fellow photographer of mine stepped in and tried to bring some calm and the guys moved away and separated. And then it was back on a few minutes later. So there was, um, I imagine, some sort of chat amongst the authorities afterwards as to who was in the wrong. But mm. you, you don't often see that with security ends up nearly coming to blows with the people in the media. Lastly, let's talk about the fact that the, the Monaco race actually falls around your birthday, which is May 26th. Happy birthday for uh, Sunday. <laughs> yeah, uh, last three years I've celebrated here in the most marvellous place in the world. And uh, really, if we get nice weather, there are a few other places that you'd rather be if you can just discount the tremendous cost of uh, being here for this great race. But certainly, oh, I, actually, I can tell you, staying in this hotel in Saint-Tropez yesterday and the day before, we would wake up to the site of this super yacht, Super Yacht A, it's called. And you want to have a look at it on the internet. It is the most marvellous piece of boating I've ever seen. And I imagine that that has um, probably motored up yesterday and will park off Monaco because if you're a, a wealthy Russian billionaire like this chap is and you've got your boat here at this time of year, you'd want to be in Monaco because I... Mm. I'm pretty sure you'd have a lot of mates wanting to get onto your boat <laughs> to party on after the race and after each day. So, yeah, not that I fancy myself a chance of getting an invite to that, but that's the sort of thing that you see here, super luxury yachts out in the water, people swanning around in lovely clothes and uh, eating and drinking. It uh, really is lifestyles of the rich and famous here. Well, I just wanted to ask about, there seemed to be a uh, story about your cake last year for your birthday, if you want to tell us about that. Oh, yeah. I was staying on a boat with my son in a, nothing like that, that palatial. But um, we ordered, a, one of my clients gave me a birthday cake and uh, brought it up. And I said to the people, look, can you whack that in the fridge? And we'll have that tomorrow night. So the next night we get back and we say, oh, can we have the cake? And they come back and they say, oh, yeah, we're just trying to find it. And minutes turn into tens of minutes. And we said to the person, where's this cake? Oh, look, unfortunately, uh, because it was in the food, uh, fridge for a day, we had to throw it out. And then we get some other crew member come along and say, yep, we're still getting the cake, we're just finding it. We say, hang on, no, they just told us they've thrown it out. Oh, no, no, we definitely got it. So there was much confusion. And in the end, it just turns out that they'd, um, they'd no one had any idea what was going on. We never got the cake. And uh, So this year, 
um, we're not having dinner on board a boat. We're having dinner at a restaurant. So I'm pretty sure if there's a cake involved, I should be getting it. <laughs> well, hopefully it turns out better this year. Fingers crossed, mate. Any closing comments, Kim? Yeah, keep a look at my Instagram account for pictures from the track live. Kicks off Wednesday with Media Day. Uh, I'll be posting regularly from the paddock, so uh, I don't have to head back to the media centre to enter it. So you'll be able to see what's going on minutes after it occurs. Uh, Sunday, expect uh, some excitement. I imagine the safety car will be out, often with a crash. Uh, that's involved, especially this track where it's so tight. And uh, that's an opportunity for something interesting to happen on the restart. And um, hopefully I'm in the right spot to catch that action. If not, you'll see uh, lots of people shots, lots of beautiful women shots, well-dressed fellas. What, what I find amazing is that um, the Instagram audience that I've seemed to have garnered tends to love photos of women and, in particular, drivers' wives and girlfriends. So, uh, yeah, I, I should end up with some lovely shots of people in the paddock looking marvellous. Well, thank you very much. We look forward to all your stories over the weekend for our post-race breakdown. Thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Go Monaco. To see any of the photos we've talked about today, head over to ProStarPics.com or KimIllman.com. You can also stay updated by following Kim on Instagram at KimIllman. If you like what you heard today, please give us a review and remember to hit subscribe to stay posted for our next episode. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on and off the track. F1 on and off the track was presented by ProStarPics.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. ProStarPix.com. Head there now.